0: Welcome inside episode 488 of the Locked On Senators podcast. I'm Ross Levitan on the outskirts of enemy territory in Winnipeg, Manitoba. Alongside Brandon Piller up in the Blue Mountains and coming up on today's show, we have mid-season report cards.
1: Yeah, Ross, we spent a bunch of our lives getting graded by teachers, but now, role reversal, we're going to be handing out the report card grades. So, every player is going to get either an A, a B a C or a D and we've even thrown management in the mix here so it's gonna be a fun episode
0: wow all sorts of good stuff plus some news and notes on the all-star game and olympics this is the locked on senators podcast your team every day Today is Friday, February 4th, and Pilsy, not to start off our weekend show with some negativity, but Jake Sanderson is not in Beijing yet.
1: Well, I don't know, Ross, that could be a positive or a negative, because he is in COVID protocol, but at least he's still in the United States. I think that's definitely a silver lining, because having the quarantine in Beijing, probably not as comfortable as quarantining somewhere in LA, so... Yes, it sucks that he wasn't able to make the trip on time with everyone else, but I don't think this closes the door on his Olympic participation in any way, shape, or form.
0: No, it doesn't. And credit to Brad Schlossman, a friend of the show. I got to meet him when I went down to Nodak. great reporter. He put that story out last night, and now it came out. There's three Team USA hockey players in COVID protocol. Jake Sanderson, the lucky one, still in LA. The other two are quarantined in Beijing. And we say it like you're in a room no matter what. But at least Jake Sanderson could throw on ESPN on the TV and just, you know, have familiarity, have some sun outside, all yes. that good stuff. Whereas right now, their tournament starts a week yesterday. So it's it's against China and then they're getting right into it because they're playing Canada the next day. So you got to think if the team and the whole point was to get him to Beijing last Sunday, he is almost a week since his negative test. So I don't know how the rules work with the Olympics. But fingers crossed that Jake Sanderson can and will make it to Beijing in time to compete in the games, which have been off to a great start. Team Canada Hockey winning 12-1 on the women's side. So we'll keep nice. touch on all that Olympic news. You can follow Lockdown NHL for that. We've got some of our great women hosts, including Erica lindsay Allen, who's actually overseas in Beijing, keeping tabs on her Kraken prospect, Maddie Veneers. Let's hope yep. our Sens prospect, Jake Sanderson, can join him soon. But today's show, Pilsey, is about – Today's show is about the mid-season report cards. And let's start out with management and coaches, and then we'll work our way as a goalie-friendly show. We'll start with them out to the forwards. Let's start with DJ Smith. What kind of grade would you give him based on the first 40 games of this year?
1: It has been a wild season if you're a coach of the Ottawa Senators, and DJ Smith has had everything thrown at him. Injuries, COVID protocol, guys being called up and down from Belleville. So it's it's been tough for him to try to get some continuity and try to get a regular roster. So I'm giving him a decent grade here. I'm giving him a B, Ross, because I think the way he's been able to manage all these curveballs being thrown at him, the way he's been able to kind of evaluate talent and be like, OK, you're not quite ready for this role. We're going to wait. All right. There's been an injury. There's COVID protocol. This window is open for you. Let's see what you can do. I think he's managed it very well. And specifically with um, guys like Lassie Thompson, JBD, I think he did a good job of trying to find the right times to put them in big situations with Shabbat and being like, OK, you don't have it tonight. We're going to move you down the lineup. And Eric Branstrom is another example of how he's managed that. So I think overall, DJ Smith deserves a beat he's been
0: put in difficult situation all coaches have over the last two years but what really has impressed me is his willingness to learn and that's why i'm giving him an a and some people might call me crazy we put out polls on each and every one of the players and coach and management we're going to talk about today so you can go over on twitter at send central and see all of them for yourself have your say a lot of people having fun going through and voting for these themselves so i'm in the minority i understand that but for me, the side of a good coach, especially one who's inexperienced, like DJ Smith, only in his third season right now, is how can you improve? How can you make decisions where most coaches stay stubborn? How can yep. you understand your mistakes and be better? And we've seen him do that time and time again. Remember how bad they were on the road? Now they're starting to win on the road. Remember how bad the PK was? Now the penalty kill is atop the NHL. So. He can't stop pucks and we'll get to goaltending, but I think if he had a goalie with a 915, 920 save percentage all year, this team would would be in a much better position. Yeah. Look what the record shows since January 2nd. So I, I just really like what DJ Smith's brought to the team. Clearly the guys love him; They'll run through a wall for him and he's getting the most out of them right now. So I've got DJ Smith as an A, you've got him as a B. Let's head over and see what the fans think. And Fifty nine point nine percent of the votes so far agree with you, Pilzy, Have him as a B. The second highest is a C at twenty nine percent, and then A and D both tied at five point six percent. That I didn't realize some DJ Smith haters out there having him ranked as a D.
1: <laughs> I feel like that goes to show you he should be in the B or C category, right? When so many people, when the exact same amount of people are like he's the best extremes, or he's the worst, yeah. you got to be in the middle somewhere. So that's all right.
0: All right. Remember, you can still go have your say. These will be open until tomorrow. Let's move on to Pierre Dorian, the architect of this group.
1: Yeah. Now go are we gonna start with the fan votes or do our vote, then the fan vote? What way do you want to do this here? Okay. Ours first. What are you giving them? I gave Pierre Dorian a C here because the off season was a disaster. But we talked about it on yesterday's show. We're kind of we Dorian shed some light on why they had the off season they did. So if that's your that's your mind frame. Okay, fair. Still, still fail. It, it didn't work. Yeah, exactly. It didn't work. And he hasn't really, like, sure, brought in Gaudette and Gambrel. Decent pickups, but low risk, low reward type guys. And I just, I think the whole Matt Murray situation was not handled very well at all. It ends up turning out all right, but the, the execution of it. Didn't really, uh, didn't really do it for me. So I think a C is a fair grade. D is a little too low, and then anything B or A. Like how many, how many positive things has he done this year that you can really stand on to give him a B or an A? Not many. So C is where I've got him.
0: We don't have to spend much time on this because I have him at C as well, and so yep. does the majority of the fan vote so far. Over fifty percent having Dorian at C, twenty three percent at B, twenty three percent at D, and no votes for A, for Pierre Dorian. I think one reason why is not having enough depth to when you have injuries and you have COVID, like everyone knew, COVID's not brand new this year, and now you're still in a situation where you're playing guys in the lineup for longer periods of time that should ever be at the NHL level at this stage of one's career. And then you look at how he handles vets, still don't like the whole Del Zotto situation from the signing, but then how you're treating him right now, Not a huge fan. I don't think that goes far in league circles either. So that's our management and coach. And now as a goalie-friendly show, let's move on to Matt Murray. Really been a tale of two seasons for him, but we don't have the luxury of breaking it down like that. We need a mid-season grade for you, Pilsey. What's it going to be for Matt Murray?
1: And this is a very similar uh, fan poll to DJ Smith, but for me personally, I'm giving Matt Murray a C because he started the year off very poorly, like just brutal, And again, I hate to put the health into it, but hey, the best ability is availability, right? And he hasn't been available. And it's been hours before puck drop that he's now no longer available. So he's put the team in a tough spot starting this season. However, this recent stretch, he's been incredible. And he deserves, uh, he's playing up to his contract standards there. And if he could have been more consistent throughout, you'd see a higher grade. But I'm going to give Matt Murray a C here just because... Yes, this recent stretch has been good, but I'm not quite totally sure he can do it over a full season span. And that's why I'm a little wavering. So I think a C is a good spot for him.
0: Yeah, the 910 save percentage now is above league average, which is 9.08, which yep, is incredible good. to think if you're going off of what we saw up until January 2nd. Even that being said, though, with Matt Murray, I'm going to give him. it's somewhere between a B-minus and a C plus. Like, it's right in there. Ex- we don't have it fair. broken yep. down like that. So, I'm going to go with a C, and you'll see the trend here with Cs as we go through the goalies here. Anton Forsberg next up. I'll start with him. It's a C as well because we've seen some really good moments. The home opener against the Toronto Maple Leafs. The game in Carolina, two games where he had 47-48 saves. But then we've also seen some games where – He's more or less the reason why the Sens don't come out with any points. You look at the Anaheim game, they outshoot the Ducks big time. You see, they only score one goal, so how much can you really blame him? But that first goal was so deflating. Second one, not much better. And there's just been a few more lapses where you're like, oh, that's why they picked him up off of waivers rather than get him in a trade or for a decent contract.
1: Yeah, I think C is is the fair grade. That's what I got him at too. Not good. Not great. Just just meh for Forsberg, so a C is a good spot.
0: Yeah, and the fans, I believe, agree with that sentiment as well. For Murray, it's 47% B, 43% C. And for Anton Forsberg, it's 48% C and 45% B. With Philip Gustafson, he had a couple great starts at the start of the year as well. But here's my trend. All the goalies are a C for me. They just haven't given the team a chance to be great. They've given them a chance to win a few games. They haven't been awful. But they certainly haven't been in the upper echelon of the league. Philip Gustafson, we had high hopes for him, especially after the end he had to last year. But for me, it's a C so far. There's just been too many stinkers along
1: the way. This is a rare occurrence, Ross, but I'm going to be a little harder on him than you. And I'm giving him a D. Okay, I just think first D. If you, Yeah, if you look at the stats, Ross, like 10 games started, 0.892 save percentage, a 3.8 goals against average. If you just plug that into any goalie, like put any name there and plug it into a ranking system, it's going to be near the bottom, right? So I would love to give him a little boost here to boost his confidence. But for me, I don't see how that's anything better than a D. You can't can't get a whole lot worse than that. And he hasn't, like sure, he hasn't started a whole lot of games, but he hasn't given me much confidence in the NHL this season. So it's going to be a D for me so far. He's basically
0: mirrored the season of Matt Murray, where he started strong. He won two of, out of his first three starts, again, yep. both against Dallas, funny enough. Yeah, but sure. he's 05 and 0 in his last five starts with an 859 save percentage. That's just simply not going to get it done. So, as I said, Murray's probably a C, Forsberg's a C, and Gustafson's a C, if I'm being a little that's more fair. specific yep. in how the goaltending goes. So, that's how the goalies rank out. Uh, clearly, my overall. For the goalies, is a C. My overall for management probably a B, B minus, and then coaching. B minus, yeah. B and sorry, I meant coaching and management all together in one. There, all right. We got lots more to get to. We got defensemen, we got forwards, and a whole lot of them because the Ottawa Senators have used a ton of players hmm. this year. Thirty-five players plus three goalies have made appearances for the Ottawa Senators this season. We'll get into all that, but. Let's power up with a Built Bar first. Built Bars is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Longtime sponsor of Locked On Senators, and for good reason as well. We love their products. They come in sixteen amazing flavors, and you can go and try each one of them if you get the mix box at BuiltBar.com. Built Bars are great for the health conscious guy or girl because you can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. They're low in calorie, low in sugar, but they're high in protein and high in fiber. We call that a nutritional. Grand Slam. So go check them out yourself. BiltBar.com promo code LOCK15 for 15% off your next order. It's Bilt the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. All right, Pilsy, let's move to the back end now. And where better to start than number 72, the associate captain on this team, Thomas Shabbat. What kind of marks are you giving him through 40 games this year?
1: I think this was one of the easiest ones. I didn't spend much time thinking about this, Ross. You already said it. He's got an A on his jersey. He's got an A for a report card grade for me. Thomas Shabbat, I don't know how much more you can ask of this guy. Like, he plays so many minutes a night. He's always up against the top pairs. I think he's improved defensively by quite a bit from last season, especially the end of last season when, I mean, he got injured at the end of the season, but before that, I wasn't loving his play in his own end. And look, he's starting to score goals. He gets a lot of pucks on net. I just think Thomas Shabbat is exactly where you want him to be, so it's an A for me.
0: Defensively, he's gotten so much better. Like It's it's night and day so from, from what he's been able to contribute in the past, but then you look, and he's still putting up more than a half point a game, 23 in 40 while leading the league in ice time. His shots on goal jump off the page at 109 in 40 games, so he knows that he's out there often with Brady Kachuk, and what's the best way to score when Brady's on the ice? get the puck as close to the front of the crease as you can, and he's most likely to bang it in, Gold drought withstanding. That being said, love what Shabbat does. And we talked about this a bit yesterday when we had a fan question come in about what we thought. The lack of consistency for his partner this year makes it so much more impressive that he's been able to do this with Lassie Thompson, with Jacob Bernard-Docker, with Eric Brandstrom, with Nikita Zaitsev, and with Artem Zoo. So no matter who he plays with, he's the number 1 defenseman on the team and there's good reason for that. I'm shocked that the fan vote so far only has him at 70% A. That leaves 27% grade him at B.
1: That's a little surprising, no? And we had a couple people grade him as a C. I could like What? That boggles my mind. I don't know how you could have him at If if you want to put a B Sure, you know what, everyone, there's room for improvement for everyone, but <laughs> I don't see how anyone gets a, gets him as a, as a C. That's just wild.
0: Yeah, he's an A for me as well. Let's move on to a guy who had more A votes percentage-wise than Thomas Shabak. Artem Zub. 82% of the fan vote is giving him an A, and you know what? I am too. This guy, he's a mythical creature, and he, along with Nick Holden, who we'll get to next, have created a legitimate shutdown pair Something the Sens needed. Remember in training camp, DJ Smith? Talk about DJ Smith learning and putting a, a pair of Holden and, and Zub out. Remember the initial shutdown pair this year was going to be Delzato and Zaitsev? Yeah. <laughs> I might change my mark on DJ Smith just by saying that. But in all seriousness, Artem Zub, he can do it all. Like He can be defensively sound, but he's just as good at the first pass out of the zone. He's got a cannon when he uses it from the point. So I think... Artem Zub, what what found money that was, getting him to sign over
1: here from the KHL. Yeah, absolutely. One of Dorian's best moves for sure. And I'm right there with you, Ross. This was an easy one. Artem Zub gets an A.
0: Yeah, we don't have to spend much time on it as well. The fans love Zub, and we continue to see improvements on the ice as well. Artem Zub, he has 11 points in 40 games this year. Last year, he had 14 and 47. So about the same offensive production, but... He's averaging almost three full minutes more than he did last season. Nick Holden's definitely averaging more than he did last year because he was a depth piece for the Vegas Golden Knights. And now he's playing a consistent top four role for the Ottawa Senators. He's got five points in 34 games. Where are you at with Nick Holden on your midterm report card?
1: I got Nick Holden at a B just because look, not, not because too many negative things, but, the A's are for the top guys, like for the guys that are absolutely killing it. And Holden has had a couple games where you're like, ah, that's tough. But again, he's being put in the toughest situations as a shutdown defenseman going up against other teams, top lines usually. And, uh, or at least top scoring lines, maybe not always the top line, but the guys who can snipe and the guys who they really need to focus on shutting down. So for me, I'm giving Nick Holden a B, which really is a, is a pretty good grade considering at the start of the year, Ross, we're like, all right, is he, is he going to be Braden Coburn or Eric Goodbranson here? Like, yeah. which one of those veteran free agents is he going to be? And he's been neither of them. He's been much better. So, a B for me.
0: When I made my video for the trade, I just called him a contract. So, he's been clearly yeah. a lot more than that coming back for Evgeny Dadnob. The fans agree, and so do I. B is the majority vote. 68% of the fan vote. 28% giving him an A. I would hazard to guess that is verse expectations and really being impressed with him, and maybe a little hyperbolic as well. Now we move on to Nikita Zaitsev, our first player so far we've done who has exactly zero A votes for our fans. Where are you ranking Nikita
1: Zaitsev? I gave Nikita Zaitsev a C, and I'll be honest, mostly it's because I kind of forget how he's been playing. It's been so long since he's played, and he's been leapfrogged here, like, and not really his fault. He's been injured, but... Now he's not the top candidate to play with Thomas Shabbat, which thank goodness, because that was more of a default thing rather than everyone being like, yes, finally, Nikita Zaitsev is the guy to play with Shabbat. It was more just like, all right, he works there for now. We're trying to find (laughs) someone else, right? So I think for me, a C is appropriate. I don't don't even have that much to say about him just because it's been so long since we've seen him. His last full game was the 8-2 win in
0: Florida, which fans voted Uh. on Twitter at Send Central the best game of the season which, uh, yeah, fair enough. I agree with that as well, um, as many as as much as the home opener was fun because we were there. Nikita Zaitsev had played his two best games, though, right before getting hurt. He was a plus four combined in the wow. shutout win over the Lightning and then at Florida, those two wins. So it was unfortunate timing. He blocked a shot in the game against the Tampa Bay Lightning in Florida. They lost that game 2-1, but he only played four and a half minutes, seven shifts in that game. I've got him as a C as well. The start of the year was just so bad for him a lot of dash threes, a lot of dash twos. And honestly, he's just in over his head. He's not an elite defender. Like DJ Smith likes to say he is. So for that reason, I'm out on Nikita Zaitsev. Although we tried to pump his tires. He he finished last year so well, like he really did. He played very well down the stretch last year and it just hasn't been the case. So I'm interested to see what happens next for Nikita Zaitsev because again, signing bonus this off season. So how hard will the senators try to move that contract knowing like Lassie and JBD, they'll be another year that's through their amazing. development. Like, I'm curious, and this could change how I feel about DJ Smith, is where Zaitsev comes back in. And I think it's going to be next to Shabbat. And that's, in my opinion, a big mistake. But we'll see. I'm not going to jump the gun, but I'm not going to be happy. So stay tuned to Lockdown Senators when they make that decision. If you want to see me go absolutely nuts, I've been going crazy about Eric Bransham's play this year. I named him most improved on our show yesterday. What about you? Where's your mark at
1: for Eric Brandstrom?
0: The franchise.
1: I've been very impressed with uh, Eric Brandstrom, that's for sure. So I'm giving him a B here because the only reasons he's been bad, Ross, in my opinion, is where DJ Smith has put him, right? Yeah. Like think about when he started on the bottom pair with guys like Josh Brown, with guys like Victor Mete. Uh, go ahead. You want to jump in here? I was
0: just going to say you could almost say the same thing about Nikita Zaitsev. Like he could yeah. put
1: in a role that just is not for him. In the opposite way, exactly. Right. Whereas you put Branstrom on right. the right side, like we've been talking about, in a top four spot, like we've been talking about, and he's killed it. He's played so well. I mean, sure, he's had a couple stinkers, but a young, small defenseman playing so many minutes, that'll happen. And that's fair. He needs to go through that. He needs to learn those things. So I don't have a problem with that. So yeah, for me, Eric Branstrom gets a B, because my kind of thought process, Ross, almost all year was – You have to use Eric Branstrom as a trade piece to try to get some veteran uh, forwards in your top six. However, now that DJ Smith is comfortable playing him on the right side, he can fit in this team now. And I'm no longer on that pushing to use him as a trade piece because I'm starting to see where uh, Branstrom and the Senators have made things work and can make things work.
0: Yeah, love that. With me, Eric Brandstrom is an A. And I know I'm in a bit of the minority, but I just see a guy who's scratching the surface now offensively and moving the puck, which is where the NHL game is moving more and more towards. These guys are the ones who are making impact night after night. But the majority of the fan votes, 70% plus, are voting B for this one. 15% A and only 12% C, though. So I'm closer to that at least than all the way down. Zero votes for D. Which you wouldn't have seen last year yes. for Eric Branchum. Yeah. Let's run through these last defensemen quick. Hit a break and get into the forwards because these guys are all bottom of the pair. They're all you know just finding their way. If you're looking at the young guys, but with Victor Mete and Josh Brown, I'll put them together. I gave them both C's. The fans both
1: gave them both D's. Where are you at with the bottom pair right now in Ottawa? I gave them both D's. I don't th- just. Like Ross, I'd like to hear your argument here. Like how many positives are you giving to these guys? Like what, what moves them? They're a C or a D. Yeah, we know that for sure what moves them from a D to a C. Yeah.
0: You know what? With Victor Mete, he could probably more so be a D. I think Josh Brown, his last like seven, eight games have been better. He, he's realizing yeah, his role. Fair. He's clearing the front of the net. So I think that he's redeemed himself a bit more, which is funny because Mete has more C votes in the fan vote than, than Josh Brown, but Josh Brown knows his role, I think, a little bit better than Mete. The role you want Mete to play, he's been passed by from miles on end. So, yep. you know what? If I am going to probably regroup there, I might move Mete down to a D. But Josh Brown, like, he's he is what he is. He makes a million dollars. He's a sixth defenseman who can fight and throw some big heads. It's just scratching the surface, right? Right, exactly. These two guys are, though. Lassie Thompson, Jacob Bernard-Docker. I gave Lassie a C and JBD a B. But I could see the argument they're both heavily majority votes as B because fans are excited to see what they can become. And they didn't look out of place, either of them, beside Thomas Shabbat.
1: Yeah, exactly. And that goes a long way. Uh, Ross, I gave both of them Cs only because I'm grading this more on an NHL level, not like a prospect level. Like, if you look at them as prospects and you're like, wow, these guys were supposed to be in the AHL all season. They're in the NHL playing top minutes. That's amazing. Sure. Then I slapped the B on there. But as an NHL grade, like just watching them, who cares what their name is, where they drafted, their age and stuff, how yeah. are they as an NHL defenseman? I give them both C because there's a lot of things they still need to learn. There's not really anything that either one of them is dominant at yet, which, again, fair. They're young prospects just starting right. in the NHL. So I think a C is a good grade for both of them.
0: Yeah, I agree. Lassie Thompson has been in 16 games this year, has five points, dash eight, whereas Jacob Bernard Docker has been in eight games, has one assist, but is a plus one as well. Averaging almost three minutes less though. Lassie Thompson has played games with like over 22 minutes, which yeah. is great for his long-term development. One note on JBD, our good buddy Footy on air just tweeted out a photo of JBD. He's got the full face shield on, but he's expected to play tomorrow for the Belleville wow. Senators. Guys, Warrior. absolute nails. So you love to see that. Pillsy, we also love when our great sponsors help out on this show. So before we get to the forwards on our mid-season report card, you got a word from our friends at betonline.net.
1: Betonline.net. That's right, Ross. Betonline.net. They are the trusted online sportsbook of the Locked On Podcast Network. Look, guys, there may be less football being played. There's only the Pro Bowl, only the Super Bowl left. But betonline.net has way more odds and info for this playoff season. From scores, totals, players, performance, props, to where the next coach is going to land. BetOnline is the number one spot for all things NFL betting in 22. But wait, you guys might, might be thinking, this is an NHL podcast. Why are they talking about the NFL so much? The BetOnline.net has it all. It's not just football, guys. Don't you worry. They've got basketball, hockey, boxing, UFC, golf. They've got it all from sports right down. Hey, if you're not a sports fan, everybody loves casino games once in a while. They've got them. Roulette, blackjack slots, everything you want. BetOnline.net is your number one online wagering destination. So, guys, check it out today. It's BetOnline.net, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and play all your favorite games. BetOnline.net, where the game starts.
0: A reminder that you can advertise with the locked on senators podcast. Just shoot us a note on Twitter at send central on Instagram, locked on dot senators, or our contact information you can find on our YouTube channel. We'd appreciate if you like, and subscribe to the channel on there. And Pilsy, before we get back to countdown, we're talking to fencemen we also put out on Twitter, who is on your senators Mount Rushmore. Think about that one over the weekend, go to Sen central. We're doing a bracket challenge to find out the top four. There's one two obvious ones, but this is going to be a real fun thing to do over a weekend without sense hockey as it's the all-star weekend and Brady Kachuk will be competing. Yep. Did you see this? It's like some blackjack event. It's some Vegas style event.
1: Do you want to walk people through it quick? Yeah, it seems cool. So this is just my understanding of it. So how it works is it's like a target shooting uh, aspect, right? That's on the street. Yeah. On the street. Yeah. That's, that's the hockey skill part of it is it's target shooting, but they're playing blackjack. So they shoot pucks at the cards and whichever cards they hit, those are their cards. And it's classic blackjack. The dealer's got a hand and you got to try to get closer to 21 with the dealer with, when you say hit me, you shoot a puck at a card, and that's what you get. So this will be interesting to see. And you know what? For all the people being like, wow, that's lame, like whatever, just just stop. Like the NHL, yeah. they're trying new things, and I think it's cool. Like, I think every All Star game should have a, a bit of a nod to the region they're in. And it's Vegas, baby. Like, that's <laughs> that's definitely a great way to start. And I think the players are gonna have some fun with this. And I think Brady Kachuk is a great guy for this contest because. He's just going to be, he's going to be shooting the shit with the boys, right? Like it's not going to be like, like uh, so serious. It's going to be a fun event, something different. And if it, if it doesn't work, who cares? They tried it. If it works, sweet. It's a fun new event. Couldn't agree more. Let's start with Brady Kachuk, then the captain of this
0: team, as we move to our forwards of the first half report card. The senators are through 40 games. They have a 14, 22 and four record. Good for seventh in the Atlantic division. The captain is on a 14-game goal drought, but he still brings so much to the table. Where are you at? Because this is another kind of difficult one to really pinpoint.
1: Yeah, I didn't I didn't have too much troubles here, Ross. I gave him an A just because I know the goal-scoring drought is there, but did we draft Brady Kachuk or Philip Zadina, guys? <laughs> if it was Zadina and mm-hmm. he was on a 14-game goalless drought, yeah, right. that's not good. He's a sniper. He's supposed to score goals. Brady is also supposed to score go- sport. Brady is also supposed to score goals. Made it. That is got a tongue it. twister. Yeah. Um, so, but that's not his main thing. He's contributing with hits, fights he if he assists. has to, eight assists. He's still doing well. And remember, his top line is decimated right now. So I give what Brady a yeah, Will Smith
0: meme standing in a room looking around alone.
1: <laughs> Where is everyone here? Yeah. Um, Brady Chuck gets an A for me just because. It's been so long since this team has had a captain as well. So to have to finally have that guy, he's the Sens guy. He's locked up. He's the captain. He drags everyone into the battle. I think, other than scoring more goals, obviously, but it's not for lack of trying. He's getting shots. So other than that, he's doing everything exactly how I want him to do it. So I'm you you could give him an A minus since he's on a goal this route here, but he gets an A for sure in my books. He's also t- uh, a goal
0: away from being tied for second on the team in goals. So despite the 14 game yeah. goal drought this guy in the the games before that drought, it 23 points in 22 games. He's an A for me, brings it every night. The only thing he's not an A is on the front of his jersey. It's the only C I'll see in his game. Yeah. But nice. some fans, man, they want to see a bit more. Like uh, only th- uh, 60% had A, 36% had B. And we even had a few C votes for him, but I think that's overblown. P- P- a little recency bias on there, Pills. Yeah. yeah, I'm not going to look too much into that one for the captain of the Ottawa Senators. Now, the next two guys, his line mates, the fans overwhelmingly have them in the 90s. Let's start at center with Brady Kachuk's best friend. Did you know that? Josh Norris. Where do you have him ranked? As it feels like he's been out forever, but he's only missed four games.
1: Yeah, exactly. It does feel like a long time here. This was another easy A for me. I mean, you guys know I love a shoot-first center, and Josh Norris is that. He leads the team in goals. He's always up against other teams' top lines. He's for, he's a top-line center at such a young age, and he's dominating. Like, I don't see how you give Josh Norris anything other than an A here for me.
0: It's great how how he's en route for the Cy Young. 18 goals, 8 yeah. assists. He only has 2 more assists than Victor Metic. But he's so you know,
1: weird. Yeah.
0: But he's just a, a shoot first, shoot second center, and uh, I just love what he brings in the faceoff dot too, being over fifty percent on yep. draws. That's huge for for how young he is, averaging eighteen thirty a game. Now the shooting percentage, could you say it's a little inflated? Near twenty percent, maybe. But this guy just hammers the puck, and I don't expect it to drop below eighteen for his career. So hey, he's great, and the fans agree. Number, damn. It's a it's an easy. Easy A for me. 94% of the fans are saying the same. 6.5% say B and not even a single C, not a single D vote, nor should they. We got one C vote for this next guy. Ridiculous. One out of 200 votes so far. 0.5% gave Drake Batherson a C. What? For not being able to stay healthy? He's got the most A votes, though. 98% have voted Drake Batherson an A. I don't need to go on about him. I just told you yesterday he's a
1: team MVP. What about you? Ross, I was the guy that gave him a C. You're an idiot. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding, (laughs) obviously. And A, this this was the easiest A to give out. Even easier than Shabbat, Norris, Brady. Yeah, Drake Batherson is an insane point-per-game pace. He's the driver of this team offensively. He passes, he shoots, he skates. He hits. He literally he does everything you need out of a top line winger. Such an A player. We he love a, Drake on this did show. Did he get in a fight
0: in this in this season at all? Does he have one?
1: Not. That I know I he has.
0: One, I know he has one in his uh, in his career with Ottawa, but I don't think it was this year.
1: No, I don't think it's this year either.
0: No, it wasn't. His last fight was uh, two seasons ago against Jansen Harkins. His only NHL fight. So he does everything but fight so far. But if Timmy does it. You know, Drake's going to do it maybe next season. Hopefully he gets back this year. Love to see him back on the ice, but the easiest a we're going to be given out on this show goes to Drake Batherson. Uh Is he still, is he still, still the leading scorer by oh, four yeah. points yeah. despite missing nine games so far. How long do you think he'll be able to maintain that? He's got a four point lead on Brady right now. I mean, if Brady
1: can't score, uh could be quite a while here. I i don't know i feel like brady's gonna chip in some assists and he's gonna get a goal eventually here so brady will pass him soon yeah
0: well in fifth place in points is tim stutzla but since he moved to center in mid-november he's just been a completely different player i put him as an a 66 percent of the fans agree with me where are you at with young timmy superstar
1: I can't give Timmy an A. I would love to sit here and uh, just be a rah rah guy with positivity, but uh, the the A is too high for me. Like this, this is a guy that there's multiple nights where he's an over in the faceoff dot. Again, plus minus we say it every time. It's not it's not a deadly accurate stat, but when you're that far in the minuses, it shows. And look, this is this is also a result of him having to be used in an unfair spot, right? Like Timmy. Yeah. Should not be a number one center right now. He's just learning how to play center. If Tim Stutzler had the luxury of playing second line center with Formanton and Connor Brown without any hiccups... Maybe he could be an A, but just with where he's had to play and uh, like he's been very good recently scoring some game-winning goals. That's been awesome getting in that fight. I think the recency bias is a bit of a boost here. Fair. But I'm giving Tim Stutzel a B. Like that's not that far off here, but I just think an A is uh, – that's the rose-colored glasses and that's uh, everyone saying he's going to get 65 points this season <laughs> coming out <laughs> Who here. said that? Sorry, guys. I, once again, I'm raining on your parade here with the Tim Stutzel. Let's all just cool it a little bit. Who said that? Brutal. No, Tim Stutzla, though, he's going to have a hell of a career here. So, whether
0: he's an A or B, we know that he's exceeding expectations as just a 20 year old in the league. People forget Alex Formanton is only 22 years old, and this guy flies up and down the ice. He's probably the fastest skater in the NHL, and nobody can prove us otherwise because they didn't invite him to All Star Weekend. They didn't want him embarrassing the True. Dylan Larkins and Connor McDavids and Kyle Connors of the world, and whatever. They can have that. We know that the all-time fastest skater in AHL history, I think, is Alex Formanton. I gotta look
1: that up. He won the skating contest. Whether I know it's that, all time, it I'm fastest? not sure. Yeah. All
0: right. Maybe that was a little Man Pilsy. He won the AHL skating fastest skater uh in their all-star game a couple of years ago. I've got him as an A as well. Just maybe this is more so based off of expectations, but man, he kills penalties. He's on the power play now, and at five on five he still finds ways to blow past defenseman and make it look like it's three on three.
1: Yeah, I mean, the speed is his dominant force here, that's for sure. I, I can't give him an A here. He's a B for me just because the the A, that's the top echelon of players. That's the guys who there's really no room for improvement here, whereas I think Formton, there is some room for improvement he gets a million breakaways, but he might score on one or two of them. So I want to see a little extra oomph there. And there's still some parts of his game that I'd like to see improve. But, I mean, still a B. Like, he's been a great player, especially recently. So I think A is a, is a little too high, guys. But he's definitely a B for me.
0: Through 200 votes, the fans agree with me. 73% giving Alex Formanton an A. 26% a B. Now, <laughs> Clearly, if these kids were all students, they'd be asking for Mr. Levitan instead of Mr. Pillar. I'm being a little bit easier on the grading, it seems like. But as we move on to Connor Brown, it's going to be so nice for Connor Brown to get back into the lineup on Monday. We'll have a full preview of that game on Monday. But, man, they, they missed him. Like he is, He is a force on the right wing. The PK, it's been impressive how they've been able to continue staying at the top of the league without him. But I've got him as like a B, B plus for me, Connor Brown this season, because the scoring hasn't been there. He was an A last year, 100%. 20 some goal this year, B, B plus for me with Connor Brown.
1: Yeah, that's where I've got him too. Like he's just such a consistent guy he's needed in all aspects of the game here. So I think B is the right answer for Connor Brown.
0: 70% B, 15% A, 13% C, and 1% a D for Connor Brown. Uh That's, That's shocking. And that's why in the Olympics, they take away the best and the worst score because people are just extreme one way or another. No extreme votes with Nick Paul, but it's clear that people have him as a B. I agree because there's been some times where he's been asked to do a little more than Nick Paul can do, even though he does it all. But when he is put in a role for him to succeed in the bottom six with a tough matchup, with penalty killing time, this guy's a hell of a player. So he's B, B plus for me as
1: well. Yeah, I I agree with everything you said there. I think B is exactly where you have Nick Paul, and let's see that extension happen soon here, Pierre. What about Zach Sanford? Interesting to note that he
0: is one of the only Senators to play in all 40 games this season. There's four of them. There's Chris Tierney. There's Zach Sanford. There's Thomas Chabot and Artem Zub. Those are the only Senators who have played in all 40 games. So, Zach Sanford,
1: through that sample size, what are you giving him? I give him a C, just because... You know, when you look at his stats career-wise, he's had some scoring touches. And we, and he got a hat-trick this year. Like, we were kind of expecting the floodgates to open. He's spent time on the top line. He's spent time on the top power play. He's been given these opportunities, right? But he just hasn't been able to cash in as much as we'd like. But in on the flip side of that, Ross, is he was known as a bit of a soft player. Like, a big yeah. guy, but plays soft. Not under DJ Smith, he hasn't played nope. soft, in my opinion. He's throwing hits. He's even getting in fights, too. Second he's- on the team in hits, behind Brady. Yeah, it's impressive. And he's standing up for his guys. He's often getting under the skin of opponents. Like, how many times have we seen end of a game, a player on the opposition team is just absolutely furious with Sanford? Like, ragdolling him and Sanford does nothing and draws a penalty. That's great for me. So, I like Sanford, but it just for a guy that you brought in to boost your depth scoring, he hasn't done that. So, a C is where I've got him. And
0: a guy who fought Erica Branson. Not a whole lot of people do that. So credit to him for standing in there. Didn't win the fight. But I give him a C plus, And uh, I think that he's a a BC guy for sure. And nice. He went to Boston College. I didn't even do that on purpose. A BC guy. (laughs) Uh, 35% have him at B. 55% have him at C. And 8% have him at D. And those guys didn't watch Logan Brown play in Ottawa because (laughs) – he contributed more than Logan Brown ever. Not with-
1: many people watch Logan Brown playing Ottawa Ross.
0: No, no chance. All right, let's uh, wrap this up with a few on the bottom end. Austin, watching Austin, I shouldn't say at the bottom end because this guy he brings it, he kills penalties, he blocks shots, he fights, and he throws huge hits. However, he is what he is. But something he's added to his element is being a matchup guy with Nick Paul and with Zach Sanford, which is why like C plus I'm giving both Nick Paul or sorry, both Austin Watson and Zach Sanford like that C plus. Like if they contribute a little more offensively, they'd be in the B, but what they've shown as a shutdown line, I got to respect it. So C plus for me, for Austin Watson.
1: Yep. I'm there with you. Like he is what he is. That's what you gotta, you gotta say. And he's being paid appropriately for his role. I think he fits I like how they
0: got him with term. I like that. A little continuity.
1: Yeah, we may not have liked it at the time. It was a bit of a confusing uh, addition there. But as he's kind of molded into this team and uh, built some chemistry and been a good veteran for them, I think it's worked out great. So I got Austin Watson as CC plus area too.
0: But the reason we said that was that was the same week they went out and got Michael Haley, Erica Branson. We're like, dude, how many of these guys do you need? Really? Seriously. But he's the one who's outlasted all of them. 47% say C, 42% say B. So that's right there.
1: Real a couple A's, Ross.
0: A couple A's, couple D's as well. So hey, everyone has different opinions on what Austin Watson brings. Uh, this one, another C plus for me. Dylan Gambrell. Don't think we need to spend too much time on him, but he's just he's a hockey player.
1: <laughs> okay, uh, I'll add a little more to that. I think I think he's a C because he in his role he does very well, but outside of his role. Not much, right? Like, he's got, what, one goal? Maybe two? Like, he, there's no offensive touch. Yeah, one goal, and it was a shorthanded goal, which, hey. 25 taps, games. That's nice. But outside of his shutdown role, there's nothing. So I think a C is appropriate because he's not able to balance things out. So I, I think gambrel has been a welcome addition for a seventh-round pick that, who, who cares, really? I think yeah. it worked out. So I like Dylan Gambrel, but a C is a perfect spot for him.
0: His stat line is identical to Nikita Zaitsev. And I don't think that's what you want if you're a forward. Okay, moving on to Chris Tierney. Again, one of the last four guys who have played every game this season. And I think that, well, yeah, he's a D for me too. Like I feel bad. Like when he came over in that trade that first year, he had like 40 assists. And you're like 39 oh, assists, yeah. He he can play. But now I think Sens fans, they're watching how the Sens, when they're at their best, they they're so fast. And he's just not a fast player. So he's getting passed and lapped and he can't play with certain guys because there's so much speed on the wing. And I think fans are just like, he's hes like top 20 in games played for the Senators. It's just, it's time. It's time to move on from, from Chris Tierney. Yeah.
1: I've got him as a D as well. Like, what does he do well that would bump him up? Sorry, yeah. there's, not, there's not much these days. So yeah, a D.
0: There's a few extra guys here who we're going to leave and you can go have your vote at Send Central. There's two that I want to finish up on the best ever lace him up Tyler Ennis what do you have for him I'm, I'm at a B B plus and maybe that's a little more leaning on verse expectations
1: but somewhere in the B's because he has contributed offensively I got him as a B because this team has needed depth scoring and he's been that guy and even when he's not scoring he's still he, he's putting good shifts in right like yeah. you always notice Tyler Ennis out there because he's just a little water bug and he gets a lot of good scoring opportunities. And I think he's another one of those veteran glue guys that this team desperately needs. So I, I like Tyler Ennis' game. And for 900K, what he's giving this team is pretty impressive. So I like Tyler Ennis.
0: How about another waiver pickup? Adam we will end off with him. We were so hard on him after his first two games. Rightfully so, though. I think DJ Smith was as well. He's a healthy scratch forever. Then he comes back in, and now he's the second best
1: to ever lace him up. <laughs> the second best, I like that. I got him as a C here just because I still think defensively he's quite a liability, but he's he's kind of offset that with great offensive production for for his role, right? And you know what a I love about him? is good. He,
0: he's a shooter;
1: like he, everything
0: yeah. goes on net, and the sense I like of the that more too.
1: guys like that. Yeah, and and the talent is there. Like you can see, like man, some of these goals he's got. He's got the hands. He's got the offensive uh, uh, creativity. So I like watching him out there. But still, the defense is pretty brutal. So a C is a nice spot.
0: Yeah, I'm not against bringing him back in a fourth line, like in and out yeah. of the lineup role. Like sure. I, I just the Sens needed more guys. They were getting outshot every game, and he doesn't care where he is on the ice. He thinks he can score from there. But like he also made great move that passed Ennis for his first goal against Buffalo. The between the legs backhand feed, like you can tell, this guy has the offensive ability. So I'm not against harnessing that. Like if it's between him and and Gambrell. I'm, I'm bringing back Dead over Gambrel.
1: Really? Not wow. you? I'm on the opposite side of that okay. just because Gambrel does what he does so well. Like but he's there's more guys a-
0: in the in the system who can do that same thing. Like castelic or Gambrel, you just put Kastelik in Gambrel's spot and then you have an extra winger who can spark. We talked about how bad the second power play unit is. Why not have a guy who can contribute there?
1: Yeah, and that's fair. But I just think Gambrell is, is your perfect fourth line center that can kill penalties. And I don't think the Sens have too many other guys like that coming up the pipe. Like maybe Parker Kelly, Kaslik, like you mentioned. But I like Gambrell. And I like Godet too. So really, it's a coin flip. Do you want a guy who's all offense or do you want a guy who's all defense? So all that's, gas, baby. All yeah, gas. Fair, fair. Full send.
0: That's awesome. Hey, one last note, and that is our report card. For the Ottawa Senators, if you're watching on YouTube, have your say. And while you're typing your comment, just click that little thumbs up button. Yeah. It does go a long way for Pillsy and I going into a weekend that we're going to watch the All-Star game, I think. Are you? Are you going to be locked into that? Mm,
1: I-, I can't say I've ever fully watched an All-Star game. I'll just watch the clips on Twitter, not going to lie.
0: <laughs> yeah, fair enough. The skills competition Saturday, the game on Sunday, and then the Senators are right back in the swing of things. Yep. Two back-to-backs with a game in between in seven days coming back. That's five games in seven days, and we're going to see this schedule come fast and furious. So, you know Locked On Senators is your number one spot every day, Monday through Friday, to stay up to date with stats, news, analysis. we got some great interviews planned for the future as well. So stay tuned for all that. Pilsy, one more note before we go. Former Senators Captain Eric Carlson, we got to give some stick taps to him. He welcomed his first baby boy, uh, his second child, which, is even more special when you remember what he went through in Ottawa with the stillborn. So we just want to give a little hat tip to an all-time Senators great, a guy who will find his way, I believe, onto the Senators, Mount Rushmore. That's going to be a fun thing over the weekend at Send Central on Twitter.
1: Yeah, definitely happy for Carlson. And also, just as a little aside, I, uh, his middle, the child's middle name, Axel. Love that. I yes. just think that's a sweet name. So maybe he'll go by Axel uh, as uh, as a kid growing up. Sometimes people use their middle name instead. Although, it was the first name? Stellan? That's, that's nice too. But Axel just has a certain ring to it.
0: It's got an extra little je ne sais quoi to it. All right. Since you're watching on YouTube and we appreciate everyone who tunes in to Locked On Senators, here is what we've come up with for seeding for the Mount Rushmore Challenge. Let me pull off this banner. Boom. There we These go. These are the top 16. And I'm thinking for number 16, we're going to have a play in. So it'll be Pajot, Alexi Yashin is already on the list. Sorry. I meant Alexandra Daig. You know, the first, first overall pick, that whole thing. Pajot, Daig. Do you have any other ideas for guys who we could put in that, maybe class, like maybe a Mike Fisher could make his way in there.
1: Yeah. Fisher's a good one. I know it's early, but I just think Brady's impact is so huge. And the fact that he signed long-term and he's a captain, I think Brady should get a chance to play in here.
0: Okay. So we've got, I'm going to write this down right now. So we've we got, need
1: got one nod to the current team, right?
0: So Brady, Kachuk, Mike Fisher, Alexander Day, and JG Paggio. Cause JG Pajio is a bit
1: of a folk hero, right? Three OT Game winning goals. Like,
0: the only question remains is where are they going to build the statue, Dean Brown? He's got that's... his own
1: chant. Like, yeah, yeah. He, he deserves to be in the in the consideration for sure.
0: And if you look how we've done this, I don't want to hear anyone chirping us. for Wait, oh, should, you
1: re- should you read it off for the people listening, Ross? Not sure. everyone's on YouTube here.
0: Sure. So, and one of the beauties of what we're going to do here is it's going to be 1 verse 16, 2 verse 15. So, I have done a little bit of jigging so <laughs> that we're able to have some elite matchup so the first round matchup will be Daniel Alfredson versus the winner of the play-in and we're going to put that tweet out today and then the rest of these will go tomorrow and Sunday then we've got Brian Murray against Bruce Firestone the founder of the team you got Eric Carlson against Zidane O'Chara you've got Chris Phillips against Wade Redden you've got Chris Neal against Jacques Martin You've got Craig Anderson against Patrick Laleen. That's going to be a barn burner for the top goalie in franchise history. This one I love, too, because they're traded for one another. Jason Spezza against Alexi Ashen, And then the 8-9 matchup. This could go either way. Do you take the development, the longevity of Marion Hossa? He played, what, six years here? Or Danny Heatley, who was short and sweet? They are traded for one another again. That's going to be a great matchup, the 8-9 matchup. So go to Twitter, at Send Central, and follow along for all that. We'll touch on that on Monday. We'll also have a full breakdown and preview of an extremely busy time. This was a great show, Pilsley. We got a lot in, basically touched on everyone in the organization. Any final words going into the weekend?
1: Hey, just uh, this has been great interaction with the fans, Ross. You've created some some fun poll questions, some ways to get fans engaged. So this is what we're trying to do. We're, there's a bit of a break in hockey here. The only break we're going to see in hockey for a long time. So we're having a bit of fun here. So join in at Send Central on Twitter.
0: For Brandon Pillar, I'm Ross Levitan. This has been the Locked On, Senate podcast. Your team, every day.